You know, I like parties, guys. I like to party. I like to have a good time. Right. You're a huge libertarian. A huge libertarian. I like to get together with my friends. And I especially like parties when you have a theme. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, some party themes are excellent. All right. We're talking casino night. You know, we all like to like that episode of The Office. They did a casino night. We like arm wrestling parties. All right. We all get together. We, we do tests of strength against each other. See who's stronger. You know, those are some of some of my favorites. Blacklight party. I've always been partial to blacklight. Blacklight party. Yeah. Right. Fraught with peril for some. Right. But, you know, blacklight party. There's there's some not so good parties, too. Um, libertarian. Libertarian. Yeah. There's uh, anything with blackface. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. All right. Yeah. Even no matter how many times you are prime minister of Canada, still a bad idea. It's bad. It's bad. Um, anything involving human or animal sacrifice. It's frowned upon. Yeah. It's not. It's not welcome in our Western society. You know. Now, do you consider pie eating to be a kind of sacrifice of a pie? Uh, I mean, what kind of pie? Mincemeat? Sure, maybe that's a little too... I, I don't want to get pita on us, but, uh, you know, like an apple pie? No, I think that's... I think gorging yourself on apples is the most American thing you can possibly do, except for the fact that, like, nobody eats fruits in this country anymore. Mm. Well, not the ones soaked in sugar for hours? <laughs> well, yeah, it's, uh, could we possibly add rum? And then, then now we're really getting to it. Right. Now, I, I like it just a good old drinking and smoking party. Yeah. Um, that's, that you can join me outside of Canisius High School with the, the students there. That's right. I think we're not supposed to be within a certain boundary of school. Well, I'm not, but the kids are. And, like, it's, it's very unfair that, like, high school students are the only ones who are allowed to smoke and drink on campus. So that's a great party. But if you're hazing the kids, Jim, that's bad. Yeah. You're not allowed to ha- You're not allowed to make them, uh, you know... It, uh, it often leads to human or animal sacrifice if you if you haze too much. Right, right. To to purchase your cigarettes, uh, you have to haze them. Uh, but I really, I really don't like uh, any anything that's racist. Any kind of racist party, which again, libertarian party. Right. Um, yeah. Also, anything involving uh, wearing white sheets. Mm. You know, it's just it yeah. uh, takes you down a bad road. To, to quote the people on the internet, it's it's twenty twenty two. Come on. Right. This used to be a real country. This used to be a real country, yeah. And finally, any any kind of uh, Juneteenth parody. Oh, is there any particular Juneteenth parody party you're thinking of? You know, I, I see so many of them nowadays. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, I don't know how we're going to be able to keep Carl Paladino from not doing a Juneteenth parody party at this point now. Like, I don't know that the idea occurred to him before, but now that we spoke it into the world, it's, there, uh, like it's 100% he's doing a Juneteenth parody next year. Frankly, I can't believe Carl didn't think of that first. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm amazed that somebody else got to it before him because he's just an innovator of the racism genre. Right. So I don't, I don't really care for, for Juneteenth uh, parody parties. Um, also, th- this, is a, this list of party ideas, by the way, passed on by our buddy Snake, uh, who is not, who's not joining us today. He's got other obligations. But I, I, have a, I have a little bone to pick with you, Snake, if you're listening. He put... Furry, furry party. Furry party is a good party idea. I'm going to put that in my bad party idea. Uh, how dare you shame those Category. People. I'm not shaming them. They're, they are more than welcome to have their party. But I think it's a bad theme idea. A furry party. It's very specific. 
It's a very specific theme. I think if you're into it, it's the best party you could possibly have. And if you're not into it, I can see where you think it's a bad party. All right, fair enough. So it's I, it's 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 probably like that that we're sorting by controversial here by talking about furry parties. That's Which, true. The other thing is that if you are not prepared ahead of time, you're about to find out how expensive those suits are, and that's going to turn it from good to bad pretty quickly. Right. That's true. Yeah. If you come, if you really come with like a shoddy furry suit, right? No. Oh, right. You might as well not show up at what all. If, what if you have like a, a racist furry party? Obviously, that's bad. So it's not all yes. furry parties are good. Oh, right. A racist furry Juneteenth parody party. <laughs> right. Yeah, they really don't like the hyenas. <laughs> That's, mm-hmm. that, that, that racist furry Juneteenth parody party that Carl's going to have next year. <laughs> or, or this year on August 23rd on Election Day. And, and somehow, even worse than that, uh, disco. Yeah. Yep. The worst Straight party. Up. The worst party. The worst party. Yep. The world's largest worst party. World. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome back to the square where we talk about the news we we have thoughts about the news not really i mean we have some thoughts mm-hmm. we talk about stuff we mostly just have a good time and we hope you do too so if you're too lazy to read the newspaper or watch television news or if your twitter feed is full of absolute trash garbage um what, what what's the like the tweet format now it's like uh there, there's like all sorts of like these like prompt tweet formats now that are like popping up on my twitter feed and i i don't know how the algorithm like recommends this shit but it's like uh like, like some controversial take about like oh if you don't drink water or something like i i don't know i don't, I don't even have a good example for you i guess it's just the fucking Twitter garbage algorithm. But my point is, uh, you don't have time for the news because you're too busy with the other trash on social media. So we're, we're here for you. I, I will admit that sometimes I take way too long putting together replies or quote tweets for those prompts. Mm-hmm. I, will, I, will, I, will just, I will just kill myself to come up with the perfect thing and it gets three likes. Yeah. I was, uh, today on Twitter, uh, our buddy Jason Knight mentioned our podcast because he said that he doesn't listen to podcasts and that includes us and i thought about responding and saying that's okay we never listen to our college professors but it's actually better illustrated by just not responding to him (laughs) uh and he'll never hear the joke he'll he'll never he'll never know that you just burned him so good (laughs) yeah no everything on twitter now is like a nathan fielder reference Mm -hmm. or you know which i which i like that rehearsal show i was just watching it earlier today it's pretty weird. It's good. He he does. You like this, Jim. He does like this whole thing where people want to have life experiences, so he will have them rehearse what it's like to like have a kid, or to tell your friend like a a secret that you've been hiding for years, and uh, he like sets up a whole set and like recreates their life and stuff. It's really strange. But <laughs> That's tremendous. It's tremendous. No, it's it's really good. But we're here for the news. Right. So. We've got with us today, Diamond Jim. That's me. And very special friend of the pod who's filling in for Snake today. We got Adam Bojack. Yeah, so I have something for this. I may not be Snake, but I certainly slithered my way onto the show today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> strong. Right. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was impressive how you got down the stairs using no legs. 
I've been practicing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not so great when he starts shedding his skin. It's, <laughs> right. it's kind of disturbing, frankly. <laughs> but, you know. Excuse me. I've been practicing, okay? <laughs> oh, man. So, we're going to yell about the news. Uh, also, Adam was kind enough to bring us pizza today, too, which, I mean, mm. we usually feed our guests. And for them to feed us, I mean, I'm not going to say no. It's about time to return the, the favor, really. I mean, this is... I should get a, a challenge coin at some point for the appearances, but it's Absolutely. about time that I, I gave back to the show that's given so much to me. Absolutely. No. And, and we will take all the pizza you want to give us back. So we are, we're happy to have you. And today let's start out with, uh, let's start out with a little bit of a, a fatwa vibe, Jim. Oh man. That's... Let's talk about uh, some uh, satanic uh, verses here today. Yes. Author, controversial author, that's what they always put like in the AP and stuff. Controversial author, Salman Rushdie. Uh, finally, almost, I, I know he's on life support or whatever, uh, will probably at least lose an eye, maybe a limb or something. Uh, but Salman Rushdie, the controversial author, got stabbed in Chautauqua uh, over, was it over the weekend? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, at the Institute, he was mm-hmm. getting, getting ready to give a presentation. It was it Friday, right? I think it happened. One of those, yeah, Friday or Saturday. It's, it um, all blends together now. Um, but yeah, he was giving ready to like give a speech or uh, give a discussion or start a discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, somebody rushed the stage. And the initial reports that like, you know, within 15 minutes, it's on Twitter now, was that like they couldn't tell if he was being punched or stabbed. Turns out stabbed. That's the worst of the two options. <laughs> uh, I, I, think, I don't think it's controversial to say that. Um, and yeah, like he's, you know, He's on a ventilator. Uh, he's probably going to lose an eye. Um, I mean, it all the, like decades he's been going around and avoiding, you know, the Iranian death sentence, and then to get got at like the Chautauqua Institute. Like, I, I did see some good news. To I think it was this morning that he's off the ventilator and speaking again. Okay, so oh. yeah, he is improving, but it was really really bad. There was a few hours at least where. He just said, "Ah, yeah, he 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 was transported to the hospital, and there was no update." Right. That was that was some scary scary moments for for people paying attention. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty wild. Uh, yeah, for so many decades now, has been somebody who has like clearly had the "we're going to kill you" <laughs> a spotlight on it. Like we will, if we find you, we will kill you. I wonder if he, you know, in his. Um, uh, later years here got a little less vigilant or his security staff got a little less vigilant or the Chautauqua Institute didn't have the proper security. But, and I, do we have any idea like who the fuck the guy was who stabbed him? Unfortunately, uh, the name was released, I believe yesterday. And the second I saw it, I just said, ah, shit, because it was a very uh, Middle Eastern sounding name. What was, I, I, what was, that, gonna, what was that right? I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm not going to say I, I assume anything about the nationality or the motivation behind it. But the second I saw the name, uh, I was immediately going, uh, "Ah, that's not good. That's hmm. not good." Hmm. Yeah, uh, it's. Um, we got the name, but he, he, uh, 24 year old. Okay, uh, so it's uh, weird that somebody that. And by the way, for our listeners who are like under the age of 30, who might not even have any fucking idea who Salman Rushdie is. Like I'm, I'm amazed that a 24 year old, even somebody who would be potentially a religious zealot who cares about this, would know who the fuck Salman Rushdie is. Well, the FBI probably put him up to it. So, right. 
Whoops. Per- perhaps, perhaps, it's, but it's Adam and Marjorie Taylor Greene and in agreement on who do who's doing all the things. <laughs> she makes some good points. Okay, Jim. There we go. There we go. Well, uh, best of luck to uh, Solomon Rushdie on the road to recovery. I, I, I just don't want like another celebrity to get killed here in in Western New York. It's not That's, good I for mean, the brand. I mean, think about William McKinley. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't think it's good for the brand that like he got attacked. Um, and especially at like the Chautauqua Institution, like the most docile thing that happens in like the eight counties of Western New York is the Chautauqua Institution. Uh, like like the Lewiston Peach Festival is way more aggressive than the Chautauqua Institution. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, moving on, guys. How about this? Um, how about this racism party? Let's be real. We talked about parties we don't like at the top of the show. We established that we do not like racism, racism parties. Juneteenth parody parties, and yet the fine folks in Rochester, um, you know, they're they're having them in their backyards. Not only are they having them, but like they're forcing like on duty firefighters to attend them, but black firefighters, and they're like, well, this probably won't cause any problems. Who would complain about this? Where they also have like a a stripper dressed up like a prominent like uh, female Monroe County politician performing there. I had not heard that part. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why, like, I am convinced now that this idea has been spoken into like the, the world. That on the twenty third, there's a non-zero chance that Carl has somebody dressed up like Langworthy's wife. Oh god! <laughs> yeah. So they they took the fire truck to the party. I, I think it was like, um, was it like a lieutenant in the fire department who. Uh, who made the couple rank and file guys go? Yeah, yeah, that's right. He just made the whatever. He's like, hey, we're going to take this over to a party. We're going to stop in. The guys were like, are you sure, chief? And he's like, yeah, no, it's fine. And then it just ends up being like fucking horror show. Right. <laughs> so they're, they're suing. And the suit is uh, being brought by one Nathan McMurray. Hey, Nathan hey, McMurray. Nate oh, get it, Nate. Uh, yeah, so Nate's, Nate's out there doing this. And um, yeah, and there's some, I mean, there's increased. Uh, blowback like now that you've got people anonymously attacking these firefighters because like their names are out there because they're named the lawsuit so people who apparently are like no 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 like racist Juneteenth parody parties are okay those are good oh, like yeah. they, they fall on the opposite side of where we were uh, listing parties earlier <laughs> well also Nate is now going on a, a Twitter hunt himself mm-hmm for racist accounts out of Rochester where they had photos of the actual party and he's uh yeah cuz he's, like, he's leading the witch hunt out yeah, there yeah cuz they had like racist pictures they also had like uh like pictures or photos of like prominent like democratic elected officials like on like stakes like mm-hmm. in the yard as well, like they you know I'm sure it's nothing right Just yeah right no yeah problem. I, mean, I mean yeah like look Joffrey from Game of Thrones was not an issue <laughs> so that he decides to have a party in Rochester is not a big deal <laughs> It's in, it is really incredible that people will have a racist party and then just post pictures of it everywhere. Right. right. Like, hey, look at this racist party we had. It's so much fun. We right. should have been there. <laughs> right. right. And, and like, I'm going to have a racist party. Oh, are you curating the guest list? Nah, anyone can come. And bring whoever you want with you. <laughs> right, right, right. Just to see, just to have them experience this with us. Yeah. Well, it's amazing because we all now, like, I mean, an increasingly polarized world where even like social media spheres are so different you could very well like never really interact with any normal people in your social media you know you could be like in a very even if you're on twitter you could still end up in like a very small bubble of people where you're posting your racist party pictures and they're like yeah that's cool Mm -hmm. 
And then the rest of us find it. We're like, what the fuck? Right, right, right. <laughs> what the, the fuck? The rest of us who have never played Call of Duty are like, what are you doing? Right, right. So, uh, yeah, we will see how that develops. I will say that on days like this, I will deny that Rochester is part of the greater western New York area. They're, right. they're not with us right now. They don't want to be with us either. They, they very much view themselves as like a whole other thing. I, I know well, only the Buffalo Bills. I'll take the Buffalo Bills, but like... Rochester, there's a lot of old money in Rochester, by the way. If the if the Sabers uh, ever were good again, they would take the Sabers. Sure, and there there's a lot of old and like newer money too. Like there's a lot of money in Rochester. Just there's a fucking metric like, shit ton of money out there. Probably more money than in Buffalo, to be honest. They're out there, so these old rich racist people they're having the time of their lives, I guess. Well, things are kind of going their way recently, just <sighs> based on the totality of the circumstances. <laughs> right, they're just doing the end zone dances on us now. <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna have literal like fucking clan parties yeah we're getting posterized every day by rich people uh, hate to see it moving on we have a democratic congressional primary here fellas um i, I didn't i didn't know if you had heard about this adam there's a gentleman who's been trying to get on the ballot for many years who has finally finally made it one Eamon eddie Triple E. Yeah, Eddie has been trying a long time. And to be quite honest, I'm happy for the guy because he has been going after Brian Higgins for years but never got on the ballot. And he survived petitions this time. His name is going to be on there. He's going to get people to vote for him. So so good for him for that. Now, my understanding is that he's tried multiple times in court to get on the ballot. Like, How much money do you think he spent? On legal fees alone. Well, that is one of the questions is that people are like, man, where is all this money coming from? That like, yeah, like yeah, he has like some properties and some businesses that he does. But like it's he has that much money that like, I mean, he's been trying to get a, a, at least as far back as 2010 when he tried to run against Louise Slaughter. Mm. I mean, she's been dead for four years. Like that's how long he's been trying to run for office. And what was it maybe on your show or somewhere else? I saw that he had put it, he, he reported that he raised about $90,600, but he had given himself a loan of $90,000. Yeah. <laughs> He's got an uphill climb. I'll say that. Right. No, it, it, yeah, it's, it's interesting that like, and there's probably a couple of reasons why the Higgins campaign is taking it so seriously. One, I think uh, last year with the mayor and in India, um, I don't think that anybody wants to be caught. Because like unlike like the mayor like the mayor had a chance because there was no November race that he could put together the right in campaign. There are people on the ballot in November. You you can't do that if you lose the primary here. I think the other thing is that nobody's really challenged Higgins realistically in a while. Yeah, he's probably bored. Well, bored and also like if you don't take Eddie Egru seriously and you give him a chance and he gets like forty percent of the vote, mm. then what happens in two years is that somebody like I don't know like a common council member or like, so like Mitch Nolkowski or Randy Hoke or something like that decides you are weak. I am going to challenge you. And then you really are fucked and you're in a bad spot. Are you trying to speak? Are you trying to speak that into existence? Hokermaniac going at Higgins in two uh, years? You know, I'm, I'm not going to put anything on Randy Hoke's plate besides getting a hamburger painted water, water dollar. <laughs> um, yeah, Randy's got a lot going on. We're, we're proud. Right. Of him. Yeah. It's, the fair's going. There's a lot of stuff happening. Um, but like, you know, I was just saying that like you could have a legitimate real challenger if you don't, stomp the ones who are more maybe more questionable and he doesn't really want that and like i i i mentioned somebody like like hoke or nokowski like because like 
I, I was, it was, oh, wow, it's, it's going to be Tim Kennedy. Well, like, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, you can't take that state money with you. Yeah. You basically have to start all over. So if you're somebody like, you know, like like a, a comic like Mitch Nowakowski or a supervisor like Randy Hoke, where, like, yeah, you have, like, $30,000, but, like, that's not that much, you basically are going to be starting from scratch anyways. You know, Kennedy, who's got $2.1 million, doesn't want to just, like, throw that away. No, I I think I think it's generally accepted that he's he's gunning to be the next mayor of Buffalo. Yeah, I I, th- I think that's true. I mean, we talked about this like I wouldn't be surprised if like rumors start to uh circulate that maybe Crystal isn't going to stick around much longer and Giannaris is constantly uh, looking to like jump somewhere. I could see Kennedy sticking around just in the Senate and being like, you know, majority leader or leader of the Democratic caucus. Because then, like, like if you're the mayor of Buffalo, that's a big deal in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. If you're leader of the state senate, state senate, that's a big deal in all of New York State, right? And like, he's able to raise two million dollars just being chair of transportation. If he was Senate Majority Leader, I, it's not, it's not hyperbole to say that he could raise like fifteen million dollars in his campaign account. Yeah, right. and then, and then, and then, you know what? Like, then everybody has to listen to whatever he wants, or else he runs for fucking governor. <laughs> I'm um, as you guys are talking. I'm on Brian Higgins, uh, Brian Higgins endorsed or paid uh, website, realeddieegrew.com. Oh yeah, they're roasting him on the internet. Mm-hmm. They uh, they put together like this quality website that's like uh, something you'd make on Angel Fire in 2004. Uh, that is all about just trashing Eddie, including Eddie Egrew opposing impeachment of Donald Trump. Eddie Egrew seeks endorsement from seeks conservative party endorsement, which if that was the barometer, by the way, then half the fucking party would. Yeah. yeah including and, Brian Higgins. Including right. Brian Higgins. nailed him on that on Twitter. He's like, I'm sorry. Is this not your name on the conservative line a couple of years ago? Buddy? Right. Yeah. Eddie's swinging back on those. It's pretty funny to watch, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. Well, I'm blocked by the ECDC account. So I have to go to my ghost to see what they uh, said in the first place. Right. I don't have a ghost account. I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> Eddie Egrew defrauded local Eastside Church. I mean, they're they're laying into them here. You know, uh, it, they're not pulling any punches, Jim. It's it's kind of fascinating, actually. Like I, I, I'm with you. I feel like they're just maybe flexing their muscles, but also there could be something there, right? Like maybe they think I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because they're tra- they're going to uh, great lengths to trash, fucking trash him. Right. I mean, I just want now a real BenCarlisle.com website. <laughs> please, which just please. Pictures, not. pictures of a shirtless Ben Carlisle carrying his cat around the West Side. Verified. I, right. Yeah. Just like verified. Right. Like I've and, like, seen it with like, my own two eyes. And like various like West Side landmarks, like him in front of Niagara Cafe holding a cat. <laughs> Hey, and he's on the ballot. I really did not expect him to get the signatures and be on the ballot, but well, he, he pulled it off. So right. good, good for him for that. That's, that. that's what's crazy is, you know, like you know, Eddie Egrew has been like this crank running for office for like, you know, 12 years now, but he, this is the first time getting on the ballot. Ben Carlisle, to his credit, two for two for getting on the ballot, basically. Well, well, he, you know, right in is not really getting on the ballot. But. Right. But he did get to, he did get to stand up there in a debate. Right. Two of them, actually. Yeah. No. So I'm, I'm thinking about doing a write-in for every single office from now on just because the, the, the bar has been set that if you say you're a write-in candidate and you have a couple T-shirts made, you get to be part of the right. debate. Or, or, as I mentioned, $500 in pens. <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, just to go back, like also had like an incredible mailer recently, too, where it's, you know, on one side, it's like a picture of him and blah, 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 go and vote early for Eddie Egrew. But on the back was 
It was a, a green and blue color scheme, and there was a picture of a globe, and it said water 70% and land 30%. And the header is 70% free water on earth, <laughs> and we have to buy drinking water. And the, the mailer uh, goes on to say, at least my opponent directed $10 million out of $1.5 billion that he will spend on the waterfront. So add that up, it is point. 67%, not even 1%. When elected, I will stop his foolish spending and relocate at least 14% out of the 1.5 billion and fix all of our lead poison pipes in the whole district. This will not only fix the 5% they proposed, this will fix the rest of the 95%. Which, reading this, I'm like, this reminded me of that like uh, incredible uh, wrestling promo where Scott Steiner is doing math. <laughs> <laughs> and like adding up the percentages here in my brain. And like, it's just... It's it's like a classic like like dumb guy making like a smart sounding point sort of, but seventy percent free water on Earth and we have to buy drinking water. It's it, it, he is he it's is, just so elegant in its stupidity. That is Homer Simpson in that classic episode where they get stranded in the in the the raft in the middle of the ocean and he starts just wasting all the water they have in the canteen and and Mo says what are you doing? And he's like ah come on water water everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> let's all have a drink <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's insane I also like that he's like I'll, re I'll make it that they redirect the funding this way as though members of Congress are also executive office like when they can just unilaterally change well, in his defense maybe he just thinks he's going to slip in as chair of ways and means committee oh yeah, yeah just, I'm just going to take your place buddy I, <laughs> they, I got this they generally give that to like freshmen who won through primary yeah yeah no, and as stylish, stylistic as this uh, mailer is, it's like you have the money to put together these really nice mailers, but apparently you don't have the money or desire to have a copy editor. No, no, no. I, he, that is definitely something that the candidate wrote themselves and was like, this is perfect. Send it. <laughs> In the printing Presley Shore. All right. So that's, that is the Democrat uh, primary. But the Republicans have a primary that we've talked about once or twice. Uh, your boy and mine, Nick Langworthy, uh, who I on the Discord sexiest if, sexiest man running for Congress uh, on, on ever. the on the Discord there was a conversation about how uh, one of our our listeners, Fran, his father was going to support Carl because Carl's Italian, and I was like, well, just change the Y in Langworthy to I, and then he's also a good Italian boy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so uh, this. Carl, all the ads that are attacking Langworthy or they're supporting Carl are coming from like the, you know, Carl Palladino for Congress campaign. But we haven't really actually seen much stuff that's been labeled Langworthy for Congress other than the signs. It's this American Liberty Action Pack that has spent uh, nationwide. They've spent about one point five million dollars as of August 13th in this cycle. They're a conservative pack who are only attacking Republicans. They, they've spent $14,000 in support of Nick Langworthy. And then they've spent like 625000 attacking Carl Palladino. Is this like some Lincoln Party or Lincoln Project fucking bullshit? I'm not exactly sure what it is. Because like, you know, like the Lincoln Party was like, well, you know, we're Republicans, but like we think these people are insane. Uh, this American Lincoln Liberty Part or Liberty Action... The other candidate that they've been attacking is Sabatini in Florida 7, who's endorsed by Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Madison Cawthorn, Roger Stone. So this is, a, this is about as close as you'll get to an establishment Republicanism. Right. It, 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 the, 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 it's, they're supporting down there the Ted Cruz-endorsed 
candidate. Um, and that's a very close race. Like the last couple of polls I've seen, I've seen it like it's like a five or six way primary. And these two candidates are in the lead at both at like 23, 22 percent. Um, so American democracy, catch the fever. 23% is going to win you a race. Um, and so like, you know, I, I find it interesting that those are the two races that they get. First of all, Florida and New York tied together. Great. Awesome. And really what perked my ears is that, that the, the individual that they're spending the money against in Florida has that Roger Stone endorsement who is very tight with Mike Caputo, who is very tight with, Carl Palladino. So I'm not saying it's connected, but the, the red strings on the board, right? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I am doing the Charlie day, like Pepe <laughs> Silvia. Like, um, but so, and, and in that race, the American Liberty action pack has spent like over 800,000. So they are like a super pack. They don't have to say who their donors are. So I have no idea where this money is coming from. Somebody with better connections than me probably could tell me. Uh, but I mean, if they're putting money into this Carl race, though, they are like the most cucked people alive. Like, holy shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> if they lose that Florida race, they're going to be really in trouble. Oh, my God, man. Yeah. I, Jesus. I don't know. We, we've talked to at length about that this race and, and probably probably will continue to do so because, you know, it's what's going on. But like, holy shit, how could you? Want to willingly give Nick Langworthy money at this point? I think it's it's Carl's to lose. Carl's it's Carl's race to lose right. at this point. The, the second that he jumped in, his, his ads have been dunking up and down and all over Langworthy. Right, his most recent TV ad where it's nothing but like pictures of Langworthy with quotes about him saying great things about Carl. <clears throat> Like that's brilliant, right? It's he's like he's like if you want a real conservative leader, that leader is Carl Palladino, and it's like a quote from Nick Langworthy, and it's it's I mean, it really is tremendous to have like your opponent like praising you in the, your ads. Um, I do think it's Carl's to lose. <clears throat> I did see that there was a poll uh, that Zeplowitz did uh, that had like it is a dead heat, statistically dead heat, but his polls also have statistically not been the most accurate. Um, so, you know, I, I'd be interested to see, you know, other polling if it's out there. I would think that if it's, if it's a coin flip at this point in the polls, that's going to the challenger because you you can't just all of a sudden think there's going to be a groundswell of establishment people showing up on election day. I feel like a coin flip is going to go to the challenger. Well, I, I, the only thing I can think is that like, because uh, of Langworthy having the, you know, the, the main line, the establishment support. They know that those are people that are, are clued in and are educated and know that when the special primary day is, Carl being supported by the, 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 the masses, the people at large. Carl country. It's a big country. Carl country. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't want to see what their flag looks like. Um, but it, that, is, that is a good point. Uh, if, I'm not sure if you noticed that on some of Brian Higgins' uh, materials, they had to Photoshop in the correct date for the primary. Yeah. You know, they're just going to, oh, I'm just going to erase that real quick, put in AUG 23. Right. And, and so, so, like, you know, Carl, like, certainly has, like, people who, like, the people who support Carl support Carl, like, 100%. The people who support Lang or they are like, yeah, they support Nick. And if Carl's a candidate, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Like, the people who want, who are going to, who want to support Carl, if he loses the primary, they might not come out and vote in November because they'll be so angry. But... It's him making sure that they know, like, he's doing a great job with his ads of, like, telling who he is and attacking Langworthy, but I haven't seen a single one of them say, by the way, make sure you do this on August 23rd. Yeah. 
Well, we've talked about it on the show before that, you know, Langworthy, uh, a guy of Langworthy stripe was probably not long for the uh, head of the Republican Party seat in New York. Even New York being what it is, you know, not a, <laughs> let's be fair, not a Republican stronghold in any way, shape or form nationally, but certainly pockets throughout the state are deeply red. But they weren't going to abide having, you know, milk toast Nick Langworthy for too much longer. But my God, everything I've seen from this campaign, they are looking for blood. Uh, they want to cut this guy's balls off. Well, I, I Langworthy, mean, yeah, right? I, well, the, the Carl people is certainly like the, the and the, the, the far right um, groups definitely want it. Like, they were never happy with him, partly because, like, you know, Zeldin wasn't who they wanted for the governor's race. You know, they would have been much happier with. Any Andrew, Giuliani, yeah. Any, just na- name a Giuliani and, and get him out there. Uh, yeah, you know, like so. Um, I think gun to my head right now, I would say Paladino fifty five forty five. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I think I think that's probably around where it'll be. I, I think that that sounds right. Um, you know, it it it'll depend on like really getting getting out there. What's going to hurt Langworthy also is that like. You know, this, the county with the most robust early voting is Erie, which is going to be a Carl Strang, uh, Stronghold. Um, you know, so um, you know, it, there's just not the type of infrastructure for early voting in a lot of those southern tier counties um, that, you know, like where you have, like, uh, I don't know, I, roughly, and uh, don't double-check the math, a million early voting sites in Erie County. Um, <laughs> like there's more early voting sites in Erie County than there might be voting sites in like all of like Allegheny County. That's probably true. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like, yeah, I, I'm, I, I am leaning like 55, 45, 57, 43 for Carl, something like that. Um, I mean, is he going to annihilate Langworthy? I don't think it's going to be like 65, 35. It's not going to be like Missy Hartman in the democratic primary against Mickey. No. I don't, I don't think that's <laughs> going to happen. Um, but I mean, we're, we're getting close to like, you know, this is going to be the time in the next like week or two where if Langworthy has any like really good tricks up his sleeve where he can pull somebody from outside the area, like a, like a Jim Jordan to come in and say, this is my guy and try to swing it. It's going to happen soon. Carl, such an undisciplined campaigner. Usually he would have done it already. He would have he would have shot that gun. He would have unloaded all of his bullets right away. Yeah, he's not like Chekhov. He doesn't wait till the end of the play. Right, <laughs> it's going right. off in the first act. <laughs> right, right. The and third then, act is more guns. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's, which he got from a Dave DiPietro fundraiser. <laughs> well, we have it on the board, Jim. You mentioned it. Early voting. When does um... early voting started uh, yesterday, August thirteenth? We're doing this on the fourteenth. Um, so early voting is active every day up through uh, the twenty first. The 22nd, the day before the election, there's no early voting. Uh, the Board of Elections literally has to, like, tabulate the early votes. And they're like, they're like well, we can't, we can't have you also voting the day before the election. It's just logistically impossible. Um, so, but, yeah, so, and, and if you want to vote early, you can vote at any early voting site in Erie County. That's the best part about it. Yeah, it's, you can just show up because it's all, like, on the electronic poll books. So, like... I didn't because I don't have a, a primary on the twenty third where I live. Cause oh, that I, sucks. Yeah, I, I live. I live in the like, right. Currently live in like Gallivan Senate District and the Carl Congressional Campaign. So I don't have a, the the Higgins Egru or the Carlisle Ryan. 
primaries <laughs> to worry about. The barn burners, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so I don't have, but like I was at Delvin Grider, so I could have like voted early because that is an early voting site. I, while I was, I could have just double dipped like wh- while I'm here for work, I could go and vote. Uh, but I didn't because uh, there was nothing for me. I know that there's nothing for me to vote for. You know, you should just go and have them print out a sheet of nothing on it right. and just say, I did my civic duty. I just want the sticker. Yeah. <laughs> I, I showed up. Right. So, uh, so yeah, there. so the, the Democratic Party always tells me just to vote. So that's why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Give me something to vote for. And make right. sure you do it early and often. Right. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm actually I'm actually showing up. I, I, I was told I have to write in Byron Brown. That's, I just assume that's for. Well, you're every, just going to bring your stamp from the primary or right, from the the general. Right, I, I just assume for every election here on out, I have to write in Byron Brown. Just stamp him down, and, the, and no matter what's going on in the bottom right corner, just always put Byron Brown stamp. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, moving on from the wild and woolly world of politics, we are looking at labor. We're looking yeah. at Starbucks. They're still fighting the good fight. Uh, Jim, what happened? Uh, was it the Genesee store? No, it was uh, it was um, Delaware in Kenmore here. Okay, uh, they had a a thirteen year veteran who was also the labor leader for the store, and it was actually the week of his thirteenth anniversary with Starbucks, and they're like, "Yeah, everybody who works here, raise your hand." Not so fast. <laughs> <laughs> we don't recall saying good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> just the flimsiest of pretexts. Absolutely nonsense from from Starbucks on this one. Yeah. When oh, you mean Starbucks did something incoherent? Yeah. I mean, Shitty? I, mean, oh. I mean, and Starbucks is wow. getting like roundly beat up on this. Like there was an article in Fortune about it. The Today Show did a, a story about it. Newsweek is covering how they're like just flaunting, like breaking like labor laws. And I, I think I saw that... I, I may be, need to be reminded of the exact number, but it was well over 200. Might have been close to 300 open and pending violation filings with the NLRB right. against Starbucks right now. Like they are just, uh, I'm, you love to see it. That's right. all. You love yeah. to see it. I feel like like back in the 1980s, like a time traveler from like Bell Telephone before like the government came in and broke it up and was like, oh, you're a monopoly. Like like they would be like, how can Starbucks get away with like we just wanted to like give people shitty telephone service. Starbucks is like openly breaking all these labor laws. We weren't even doing that to a certain extent. I, yeah. I, I don't. All right. Listen, I know everybody has very divergent opinions on our boy, Brandon, but I, I don't think that this can last. I, I don't think this is going to maybe a contra, contrary opinion here. I don't think it's going to last uh, very long. I don't think it's going to go very well for Howard Schultz. Um, I really do think the Biden administration will hit them pretty hard at some point. This is too flagrant. This is too much of a stick in the eye to the Biden administration, to the NLRB, to the federal government right. for I, this to for them to abide this I much mean, longer. I, I, I think that like, you know, as we saw with the FBI raid on Mar a Lago recently, we would like to see something happening immediately, but maybe we just need to learn to be patient. And like it, it does look like like, you know, that the administration is taking things seriously. They, they might take longer than we like, but if that means that, like, then they have a very strong case and they can, then they're just going to win. Well, I'd rather that they just win than, you know, turn out, lash out at Starbucks for breaking all these labor laws and, but then lose because they didn't have a tight case. Yeah. Like, you know, like, no, like, all right, you know what? It's frustrating. It's good because we could see it happening in real time, but like, win. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I, I'm reminded of when, 
well, when they pratfalled during those two impeachment hearings, but people pointed out that uh, the the amount of time between when they found out about the break-in at Watergate to the actual impeachment or the resignation of Nixon took like two, two and a half years or right. something like that. So justice can be slow, mm-hmm. but but we, we like to think it comes. And I just to echo what Reese said, it is, it is kind of sad, but it is true that Joe Brandon is our most pro-labor president, at least in my lifetime, mm-hmm. that I can recall. So we need to ride that wave while we can. And I, I love that also I think the people in these jobs, in these businesses, they're forcing him to do it. They're forcing the NLRB to to react. And mm-hmm. so they're taking the fight to them for yeah. the first time in decades. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I mean, again, you know, this is like broader national stuff, but it all started here, baby. You know, it was, and it still, it still continues to go on here, obviously. Right. So... I mean, Buffalo truly being the epicenter right now of American labor relations is, you know, not not unforeseen, but also not in the way that we would have thought, of course. Um, but we'll keep an eye on it. Moving on. Uh, Jim, what's the what's the deal with the great? I, I sound like Seinfeld whenever I do this, but what is the deal with the great northern elevator? Uh, so uh, I, I somebody will have to help us out and like tell us a little bit better. But like, it's my understanding that. Uh, Basically, like, this is the last week that preservationists have to save it. Like, you know, uh, the, the, everything's been dismissed. And, like, I, I know it was, like, Emilio Koliakovo was, like, the state Supreme Court judge. So take that with as many grains of salt as you can afford. Um, but, like, you know, like, they're basically putting it on, like, you have to demonstrate why this needs to be saved. And you have, like, 48 hours. And if I recall correctly, that was, like, Friday. So... We're on like seventy-two hours since then. The building could be gone right now. We, right, we don't yeah, know. right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, and like, and I believe like that. You know, Archer Dan- Daniel Midland, who owns the building, correct? Right, like, uh, like they definitely, if they, if 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 it was a strict forty-two hours, it wasn't forty-two business hours or forty-eight business hours. <laughs> like, they could be tearing it down tonight. They could, yes. like, like yeah. the old would, Robert Moses, just tear it down and make them stop you. Right, right, right. Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, so, I mean, it, it, by, by the time you drive to work on Monday, it could be gone. Well, it was there when I drove down the Skyway yesterday. Right. I know that for sure. So maybe that was the last time I ever see that building. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, uh, if, if it does get torn down, you know, we'll, we'll be, we'll be on it. Mm-hmm. But as a, right now we're in limbo. So listener, you're in the future from us. You know what happened. Um, cause you've been following this way closer than I have. Cause mm. I don't really, <laughs> I don't want to say I don't give a shit, but I, this stuff doesn't, uh, pique my interest, Jim. It I does don't, feel like the fight was won or lost a while ago. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that's it. That's it too. That it just feels like it's already like a fate accompli at this point. Like, all right, it's going to be torn down, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's going to happen. So whether, whether it's like now or a week from now, or right. Right. Like I just need to go down there with like a, a shopping cart a trolley and uh, fill it up with parts to sell on, on eBay, like the old rock pile, but like the oh, yeah. brick pile now. Right. <laughs> the, the, uh, you know, the, the great Northern elevator on eBay. But I guess I wonder if I'm not trying to say I take a side in this at all. I, I don't really think I've thought about it enough to do so, but if you want to save that building, are you going to rebuild that brick that fell down? Like what, what, what would be the plan? Um, yeah. I mean, I would guess you have to like, you like you can't just leave as is, and you have to shore up all the walls because I imagine they're all probably about to fall down. Right, the amount of money that would need to be sunk into that 
is probably astronomical. Right. And I'm we can't, assuming. I'm assuming. We I can't. Am. We can't even keep the facade on buildings on Allen up. So like. <laughs> Speaking of facades, how about that new convention center that nobody really wants? I mean, what? Well, whatever. I was actually, I mean, speaking of new, like, so I worked for the county ledge like 20 years ago, and we were talking about doing a, a new convention center back then. And basically, like, people who run conventions are like, nobody's going to come to your city. It just like, <laughs> and it hasn't changed, right? right. And so they right. were still talking about doing a new convention center, but in, have they instead switched to just redoing the entire front of it? I've seen the mock up, it looks great. So the one time a year I go there, it'll look like that, but. Why? I guess like why? Well, they. I mean, they they said like, look, your city does have a lot of advantages that would make people consider like the proximity to two international airports is very nice. That do you have you know, Niagara Falls close? Like, so you have a day trip, but you have too long a winter for like people go to conventions because it's a nice trip. Like, like people are already upset that they have to go to Indianapolis, but they have like the nicest convention center in the country. They do. It's amazing. So like. Like they they've already been like bought in, but like nobody goes to like fucking Minneapolis for a convention because like yeah they, they, you're indoors until you go outside and then it's miserable, <laughs> right? Like that's why why do you think every convention that can is in Vegas? It's not because like they're all degenerate gamblers. That's part of it's it. It's most but, of it, right? So it is yeah. all of it. Right, Definitely a significant right. portion. Right, they're, it's because they're all fans of Mark Davis's haircut, <laughs> <laughs> and who isn't really. Who isn't a fan of that? I'm sorry. Man. If you're worth more than a million dollars, you cannot be walking around in public looking like that. I, I, if you're more, he basically goes the same barber. Like he has a barber specifically cut his hair like that. It, if you're worth more than like twenty two thousand dollars, <laughs> you shouldn't be walking around with your hair cut like that. I think it's a flex. I think it's a flex to be like to look that hideous in public, and people still have to respect you. <laughs> and and, and but, I mean, he, but he should just like if that's the point, like just dress up like a furry and make people address like. Report like respect you all day long, anyways. That's true. That's true. He could have one of those good bad parties. Well, you know, if if you wanted to uh, walk around in in downtown Buffalo with a bad haircut or in a furry costume or a, in a furry costume while the bad haircut underneath, um, right. you could do uh, you could do worse than Main Street, uh, of course. And well, Chuck Schumer helped uh, recently help secure some funding to make it even easier for you to walk around with your Mark Davis haircut in public with a $25 million grant from the federal government mm-hmm. to make Main Street uh, a bit more walkable, mm-hmm. which is which is interesting because wasn't there just a $100 million grant to make cars drive down Main Street? Um, yeah, yeah, I feel like that that just happened. So if you're keeping track at home, I mean, they're, they're kind of going at it at both ends here, uh, you know, four times the amount of money to make it... Uh, more drivable but also you want to make it more walkable let me ask you uh which one is it which which one would you would you like more cars or would you like more people well, walking where where are they going to make people walk on main street like because like the, the downtown area is fairly walkable are they like by like willoughby insurance like at like ferry and main is that or we need more people walking it's a gorgeous building <laughs> lovely paint job on yeah. that but as, as somebody who is downtown all the time i love that section where Court Street hits Main Street. The trains are going through there, and you got Lafayette Square in front of you. It's a gorgeous little part. I don't need cars there. Mm-hmm. And and you know what they also don't have on Main Street anywhere downtown is a significant amount of shopping options. Right. And so 
it, it's just this, I, it goes back to the urban renewal of the 50s and 60s, that stupid mindset that just says, if we add ways for people to drive through somewhere, they'll magically start stopping. Whereas the whole point of putting a road somewhere is so that people can go past all that stuff. Mm-hmm. They don't want to stop. Like, you look at the pictures of Main Street 100 years ago, it's because people lived there mm-hmm. and it was a... I hate to say it, it is a mixed use neighborhood back in the day. Right. Mm-hmm. And nowadays nobody lives there and there's no money in the people's pockets that would actually want to shop there. And so everything's just drying up and putting cars into those places that you, they used to be doesn't not going to magically change that. Well, so, the other thing is that, so like like they have increased like the residential options downtown, but the people who moved in moved in with the knowledge that I don't have to, like I won't be able to shop around here. I'll have to go somewhere else to shop. So it like it didn't force them to do it, it's, and it the, it definitely feels like the the city especially is forcing these options, and it's not happening organically. You don't have like somebody who's like, ah, well, I live downtown. I'd like to run out the first floor and open up my haberdashery. Like that doesn't. <laughs> it's not like like they're like no no like how much money can we bribe somebody with to open a grocery store down here? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I will say. I would love a haberdashery. I have a great cobbler I go to, <laughs> and we need to bring back the old style careers they yep. they because you know what mm. those people are good at it right that they cobbler I bought, I bought a couple pairs of shoes from that cobbler on elmwood and they're the best things i own never have to buy new shoes for the rest of my life well if you wanted to go to the uh you know prospective cobblers on main street here uh we'll, we'll pull a little from bob mccarthy's article in the buffalo news new federal best funds, writer in buffalo bob mccarthy goat goaded <laughs> I mean, he's no Rod Watson, but, you know, who is? I actually liked Rod Watson, whereas I'm being incredibly... <laughs> right, right. Rod Watson has some some misses among his hits, but he's got some good hits. Right. <laughs> all right, all right. Moving on, moving on. New federal funds aim for safe, walkable, bikeable Main Street in Buffalo. Uh, it's one of the most bone-rattling, alignment-wrecking stretches of roadway in western New York. But that's about to change as the federal government targets potholes and much more on Main Street in Buffalo. The city's main drag is slated for a major overhaul between Goodell Street and Kensington Avenue that will eliminate existing potholes, add bike lanes, and boost walkability as a result of $25 million in new federal funding. Um, So they're going to just... I mean, because right now it's like 17 lanes wide. They're going to kind of, you know, right. narrow it hopefully a little bit. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Although, I mean, does, are they just doing this to satisfy what the Scientologists need? Oh, it could be. Well, the article, big, big Scientology here. The article here for, for uh, you know, those keeping track at home uh, involves some Mayor Pete action, actually. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Charles Entertainment Schumer announced the award on Monday. About a month after joining Mayor Byron W. Brown. <laughs> Why does he have the middle initials? At, what? All right, Bob. Uh, after joining Mayor Byron W. Brown in Buffalo for a news conference on Main Street. At that time, he pledged efforts to secure money from the Rebuilding American Infrastructure with whatever, RAISE program, and designated the project as a top priority for Buffalo. After personally lobbying Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, the... Senator announced its successful award on Monday. I would love to be in the room for that conversation, like just lobbying Mayor Pete for like downtown Buffalo. What do you say? Like, hey, man, we need... roly Polies needs more like street visibility. So we really need you to help us get a sidewalk in here. Just like Mayor Pete's like highfalutin. Here, here's my question. Do you think that Tim Kennedy is mad that like 
as even though he's chair of the state transportation committee, he couldn't possibly like bring in as much money as the federal government has. And he's mad that like he's being shown up in his district with transportation money. But like, like is he going to challenge like mayor Pete to an arm wrestling match at our arm wrestling party? We're doing. I'm taking Pete to be honest. Oh yeah. Dude. He's yeah. May, may or may not have been um, involved in the special forces, you know, just saying definitely a military background. I mean, at the end of the day, I can tell Senator Kennedy that they literally print money. So you're not going to win that fight. <laughs> right, right, right. Just count that one up as an L. Right. Not the metaphorical fight or the actual fight. Again, I think Mayor Pete <laughs> could probably take Tim Kennedy in a in a fist fight right. and certainly an arm wrestling contest. But that's, that's, that's our next fundraiser is uh, Tim Kennedy versus Mayor Pete <laughs> and like a like a, a pentathlon. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm definitely taking Mayor Pete in a pentathlon. <laughs> right. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen him throw a javelin, but he's still my pick. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, finally, uh, Adam, we would be remiss if we didn't have you on as our guest host. And by the way, thank you again for filling in for Snake. Um, you know, we love having you here, and uh, you are a wonderful friend to talk with, of course. But we have to ask about the damn maps. We got to ask about the maps. You're the map guy. You're one of the map guys anyway, along with a bunch of other friends of the pod. Right. But you're the legal guy for the, the maps. Cartography club, we call you guys. The maps The maps are bad. Yeah, they're, they're bad. Maps bad. Official position of the Square Podcast. Uh, no, there may... Well, there's not many. I mean, there's going to be, or there is a lawsuit uh, in, in processing here now. I don't know the legal term you big city slicker lawyers use uh, <laughs> serving papers and whatnot. But talk to us about uh, the ongoing legal effort to challenge the councilmatic I, district. I maps. like how you just did the unfrozen uh, caveman lawyer bit from Saturday night live. Like Phil Hartman is very proud of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Oh, that's a throwback. So we, even if we wanted to file a lawsuit tomorrow, we can't do so because the maps are not finalized yet right now. These new maps have been passed by the Common Council, and they are sitting on Byron Brown's desk. So he had, by law, he had to have, and he held recently, a public hearing where the people of the public, the community, got to show up and yell at him, which they did. Right. About two dozen at least, I would say. Um, people showed up and told him to veto the maps. As the and, mayor, he has that ability. And famously, he was very considerate to everybody who was there extremely considered definitely didn't dis, uh, mis, misgender somebody repeatedly right. to their face and then walk off the stage in a huff when he got pointed out on it that did definitely did not happen right. um but so he held the public hearing and he has choices now uh he can veto the maps which would send it back to the common council and at that point we would assume that they would just override the veto they barely even voted on it in the first place uh, his other options are he could approve the maps and then they would be, it would be an amendment to the city charter. It would be a law as of that day. And the third very interesting option that uh, we've been talking about recently is that he could just do nothing mm -hmm. because if he does nothing, then at the end of the certain period, they would automatically go into law anyway. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's, it's kind of the opposite of, the the state where they send things at the end of the period and then the the, the they call it a pocket video for the governor right if it's within a certain amount of time before the end of the session if they don't do anything it just the the law just evaporates into right thin it air. just it just disappears and and 
Sorry, Dave DiPietro, but you're going to have to reintroduce your bill to separate the state into three different entities next year. Exactly. Hey, poor Dave. Uh, so those are the three options. And at this point, I honestly don't know where he's leaning. I, when, before this all started, I figured he was just going to sign it into law. Uh, I, I honestly think that the argument that was made by uh, myself and a few other people that he should not do that. He should, at the very least, just veto it and make them override it because he should be washing his hands of this. And just saying later on, because this is going to blow up. It's already kind of blown up in our faces because we're. this is national news. And yep. uh, if I'm the mayor, I want nothing to do with this later on. I would say, oh, yeah, I, I tried to stop this. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go on record and say that. Um, so regardless, once... He will Eddie, likely do nothing, by the way, is I, my, where my money is. You know what? That's that's kind of where I'm trending in this, in this uh, time now. It's just after everything that's happened and ha- the fact that it's been that many days since he held the public hearing and he hasn't done anything yet. I think he's trending in that direction too, where that still gives him, I guess, some kind of cover because he didn't sign it into law, but he's too much of a coward to actually veto. That sounds about right. I, I, I I think the other thing though, is like, if he does nothing, the common council, like they're all waiting on him to do something. So the longer it's out there where he hasn't taken action yet, but he could means that they have to do things to keep him happy Mm -hmm. so that he doesn't screw with them. And so, like, I think it's a, like a strategic thing for him to sit on it as long as possible, holding it over them. And like, I could veto this and then force you guys in something that's already contentious to override my veto, where I'd somehow look like the good guy of all things that could possibly happen. And you guys have to look like the bad guys because you have to override the veto. I haven't done it yet. I'm not saying I will, but I could. And until then, here are the things I'd like. Yeah, I could definitely see that. That makes a lot of sense uh, because not a lot of, not all of the common council members are on great terms with the mayor, and so if he can, you know, squeeze every last drop out of them, why not? Right, absolutely. So that's that's probably the most likely thing at this point. Um, regardless, whenever one of those things happens, that is when the opportunity to file a lawsuit would then present itself because anytime before that, uh, they would say that the the legal issue is not ripe. Yet, there's no actual grounds for the lawsuit. So, there are plans underway. Um, you know, people have been talking, um, and there's a lot of decisions to make regarding a lawsuit, where to file it, how to file it, things of that nature. Um, but those those are being worked through, and there's a lot... A lot of progress has been made, and, and at this point, you know, we're not taking anything for granted as far as the mayor, like he could sign that tomorrow and we have to be ready. He could sign it in two weeks. We have to be ready. So, um, you know, the, the gears are turning and they have been turning all along and I feel pretty, pretty excited about the way things are going. Well, we, of course, uh, here on our podcast, love to talk about the maps. Can't get enough of them. The fucking people love the maps. They right. lose their goddamn minds over it. So you know. I, I get calls. I'm a private individual. People are calling me all the time. Adam, Adam, what's up with these maps? Right. We're just we're just listening to the yeah 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 yeahs all the time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get Karen O on the show next week. <laughs> right. and, yeah, so we'll both Rand and McNally are coming on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is this week's Square Podcast. Again, thank you to uh, all the listeners who listen to us every week. The people who support us on Patreon. The people who came out this weekend for Diamond Jim's birthday celebration at yeah. Delmatia Hotel. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody for coming out. It was great to meet a couple people and. 
have some drinks and enjoy ourselves. And wings there are very good. So if you didn't get to make it out, but you want to check out that place anyways, get there, get the wings. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, uh, we'll try to do better next week. Yeah, we'll try to do better next week. We, uh, again, apologies, the kickball thing didn't come together this year. Um, but we are already in the works planning for our Christmas party, which was becoming an annual tradition. Uh, last year was incredible. We had a great time, met a lot of cool people. So I know it's only August, but uh, Jesus, Christmas is only like four months away, dude. Right. <laughs> it's not that far. Uh, Pumpkin beers are already out. It's not that far before Christmas beers are out. Right, right, right. So we'll we'll keep you updated on that. Um, but yeah, no snake this week. But again, the inimitable Adam Bojack joins us uh, on the Square Podcast. Adam. Where where can you be found if you want to be found on the internet? So this is going to be crazy. I'm on Twitter at Adam Bojack. Oh, interesting. It's, I was surprised it was available. I jumped on it right away. So mm. that, we should. I'm going to make a, a real Adam Bojack Twitter account, <laughs> much like the real Eddie Egru website, right. to just like flame you on it. Um, so well, just, you can't be worse than mine is. So. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, Diamond Jim can be found. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at James Tamil, uh, or you can find me on Instagram at Battle Jim of the Republic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't give out my socials. I just it's not my bag. But but you can follow uh, the Square Pod at the Square Podcast. Is it at Square Pod or Square Pod Buff? Square Pod Buff. Square Pod Buff on Twitter. Uh, we hardly ever post on Instagram because Instagram's boring now. It stinks. Right. Um, the only social media of, of worth really is, well, Twitter's garbage. I, I'm a TikTok guy, but I think Snake would rather be dead than have us have a TikTok. So uh, that's that's where it's at. But uh, tell your friends to listen to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Google Play or whatever. Uh, pretty much any and all medium for podcasting, um, wherever you listen to it, you can find us. You can also give us money. Uh, we will. We are not above begging you people for money for beer. We drink beer. Our guests drink beer. Um, we we try to feed our guests, even as Adam fed us this week. We still try to feed our people. So you can help make that dream possible to talk about politics and drink beer and have it be distributed to, uh, you know, the the most depraved minds and. Buffalo and Western New York politics uh, with $5 a month to your friends here at the square pod. So consider opening your hearts and your wallets to the good vibes. Uh, but that is all for this week. And uh, yeah, we'll see you all again next time. Play the music.